And now, for your listening pleasure, here's Polizzi and Rose, covering the week of media, marketing, and digital content news. This old marketing. Take it away, boys. Hello, my friends. This is Robert Rose, and welcome to episode number 276 of This Old Marketing, recorded on Thursday, June 17th, 2021. And with me, as always, my good friend, my colleague, and a guy who's also definitely negotiating with Vladimir Putin, Mr. Joe Polizzi. I saw you there. You were... uh you were gonna, you were gonna take on Vladimir about the whole content creator. Account. If you saw me there, then I'm really looking old, because <laughs> there's definitely an age gap with the group. That's and nothing against that, by the way. I'm not ageist in any way, but uh, but there's some <laughs> there's some gray hair going on there. There, and is. I have no hair. There's a lot of so it, yeah. I, my problems are, are on a whole different level. Have you seen the meme going around now of uh, Biden? putting on his sunglasses no i haven't seen whole, it I, oh it's so great it, they do it to the whole um you know the old classic you know wah you know the the who song and it's it's pretty good oh, it's 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 pretty good because he puts on his he put on those ray-bans just as he was sort of finishing his press conference and he's he's like thank you very much and he puts on his glasses no i saw the one which i know you would appreciate i'm sure you saw this one where they're all standing apart from each other they look like they're on a transport oh the pad. g set yeah at the G7, and what yeah, was it? Right. Merkel had the had the red shirt on, and somebody said, yeah. "I don't like Merkel's odds." <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. I always think of you as Star Trek, oh, and I'm like, "Oh, the red that's shirt!" Great. I had not seen that. That's fantastic. Oh, you got to see it. Yeah, you should. Because obviously, for those people that don't know, if you if you went down, correct me if I'm wrong. You know the original series better than I do. But if you had a, a red shirt, you probably were going to die. That is correct. That is correct. Although, funny enough, they actually did a statistical analysis of it. And it wasn't, while it was technically true, it wasn't sort of, you know, overwhelmingly true of the series. But it's a pretty well-known trope that, you know, red shirts on Star Trek, the original series, um, was, uh, you know, was this, <laughs> basically, if you were on a landing party and you were wearing a red shirt, you were gonna die. You were done. You were gonna. You, you were gonna die. Well, isn't there? There's and a there's, video. There's a great scene. There's a great scene in uh, the J.J. Abrams film, um, where uh, um, somebody gets a promotion. It's either Chekhov or or uh, or or Bones or 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 no, it's it's uh, Scotty, and uh, and he basically says, you know, oh, and put on, you know, Captain Kirk goes, oh, and put on a red shirt, and the guy goes. You know, you see him just make this audible gulp. <laughs> you know, it's now a, it's my it's time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, is, is there a new one coming out anytime soon? I hope so. There's all sorts of rumors, um, and I won't belabor this because that would be, it's just so geeky and so Star Trekky. Um, there are there are many rumors, including by the way the Quentin Tarantino um, version, and that's a real thing. There is a no real way. script. I cannot yeah, wait to see. from Quentin Tarantino with a Star Trek script that's floating out there. But um, sounds like a lot of blood is involved. In yeah. That well, who knows what it's going to be or a lot of talking one or the other and, um, and feet. I'm sure there will be feet involved. Um, <laughs> Jeez. that's a thing. That's another inside baseball thing. Um, those of you Quentin Tarantino fans, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, there's, there's a ton, there's a ton of talk. Um, they've had trouble getting the original cast. And I say original cast, I mean the, of the, the rebooted, uh, you know, oh, like Chris, Chris new, Pine and Chris Pine and, and yeah, and I'm, the I'm other blanking ones. on his name right now. Yeah. yeah. So they've had trouble getting the cast together. So I don't know. I'm hopeful. I love it. I absolutely love it. I've been, oh, and the preview for, uh, Picard, the season two, which always oh, frustrating. I didn't know there was going to be a season two because season oh, one. Oh my was, gosh, it's coming! Up. The trailers, uh, the trailer just came out for season two. It looks awesome. Okay. Um, for any of you next generation fans, oh my gosh, Q is back! It's like you know. Oh. Yeah, I was always more of a next generation guy because that's when. I mean, I'm of course dating myself a little bit, but that's what we watched when I was in college. We we would we yeah. would watch the next generation. Yeah, I've been binging Next Generation. I've gone through all three seasons of original series during lockdown, and 
I'm now binging Next Generation and going backwards. I'm actually it's the funny the the fun part for me is I'm I'm actually going backwards in from season seven all the way back to season one. Now, have you watched uh, Loki, the new? I did. Uh, I haven't I did. seen. I, I haven't seen the second episode, but I've seen the first episode, and I thought it was pretty good. I have not seen the second episode. I've seen the first as well, and and I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was quite good. I, I I'm. There's a lot. There's a lot there to unpack that they seem that they're teeing up. So um, yeah, it was. It was interesting. And then I liked Owen it. Wilson, I man. He, I don't know if his nose could get more dented. Wow. It's wow. 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 It, wow. <laughs> that's it. That's the name of the episode. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, it seems like it's getting worse. And, and or did they accentuate it? It's for getting the, worse. It's getting worse. It's, that's there's what? There's an, there's a, there's a crevice now and there's an island within the crevice. And I don't know what's going on there, but it's, it's definitely worse than it's been. Islands in the crevice. <laughs> whatever oh, it is but anyways we've gone off the rails um, I, yes i think that uh that loki is is going to be another big hit and it's interesting to see i mean we'll talk about some of this later but that is it true that people are moving away from the binge model to now the more episodic treatment that disney is giving it Oh, sure. That's yes. that's there, there's that's no question thing. about that. That's happening. Yeah, that's happening. That's definitely happening. There was an article about that that we almost had in the show uh, this week to talk about that, but it was not. That's not a. That's not a guess. That's they're moving in that direction for sure. Because it's you know, it keeps people subscribed. You know, if you can just go binge and then turn off your subscription, which we've talked about on the show before. You know, where we we knew that this was going to start happening, where people would. You know, go binge Mandalorian, watch all nine episodes, and then basically turn off their service until something else interesting came well, along. Now they they got to keep you. You know, they got to keep you. They got to keep you subscribed. Well, we, yeah, we talked about this months and months ago. But the fact that uh, they they didn't, I didn't feel they had enough new programming because it was all about the vault, right? Everything, oh, the Disney vault, and you get that. And then they came out with Mandalorian. And then you're like, okay, now you've got something there. But it seems like they take about a month break in between these series now. And they always yeah. have something. So you really never have a full month that you could take off because there's going to be another series. And especially if you are a Marvel fan of any kind, you've got right. to say. Well, and there's lessons for us all to learn there as marketers in terms of the way, because, you know, that's not by accident, right? They, they know exactly what they're doing in the way that they're structuring these things to keep you plugged in to, you know, to time it just to the point where you, you know, and I'm, they've, I'm sure they've AB tested this and all the rest of it to say, what's the absolute limit that we can push out in time before somebody will click unsubscribe to the service before we introduce something new that sucks them back in again and and that that magic that sort of arbitrage of the 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 timing there is is a science that that is really really well honed at these places right they know exactly what they're doing well i think somebody that i know said something about the the minimum amount of con content with the maximum results Exactly. I don't know who that yes, gentleman was, but I might be talking to him. Uh, and that's yeah. a great quote. That was one of the best quotes. You've said a lot of brilliant things in your day, but that oh, was one of the best it. quotes. You said that in a workshop, and I took that down and stole it, and then people thought it was my quote, and it worked out brilliantly ah, for me. Excellent. But that's so true, right? Because there is a thing as producing too much content and not getting any more results. But I think they're hitting that sweet spot. I did have a guy call me. I I I I completely forgot to tell you this. I had a guy call me to a couple of weeks ago, and he called me up and he said, "Hey, I want to talk to you about uh, you know content marketing, you know my business." And I said, "Oh, great!" And he goes, "Yeah, I'm reading your book right now, Content Inc." And I went, uh, "What?" <laughs> you know, which happens by the way from time well, to time. Well, you are on the cover. People people conflate the two of us, um, and. You know, so he says, "Yeah, I'm reading your book, Content Inc." And I'm like, "Well, I'm, thank you very much. I know it's a great book, but but it's actually my friend Joe's book." And he goes, "Oh, I know Joe wrote it." He said, "But you know, your quote is so much in it; it might as well be your." Oh, book. <laughs> that 
is not nice. <laughs> That's not what I expect you to say <laughs> at all. <laughs> well, it is true. You are you funny. are in many of the the pages, and of course, the the inspiration for that is is all is all you. That's why I had to put your not, quote on the not cover. even a little bit true. Not yeah, even well, a little. That's bit why true. I told but, you um, I was going to put. You... But it made me giggle. Well, it did. Make my me favorite giggle. thing is I put your quote on the cover, but I think I made the quote up. But I I I said you did. it was your quote yeah, actually yes, because it sounded exactly like something right. you would say. And I said that's good enough. It's good. It's good. Yeah. It's good enough for for us. It's good enough. For, it's yeah. good. Ship it's, it. That's yeah, good enough. Yeah, exactly. I don't care. I don't need approval from him. He'll be fine. He'll be. Right. He'll, be, he'll fine. be fine. It's fine. He was. Fine. He was yeah. fine it's with fine. it. So, anyways, yeah. What, what else do do we have? Anything else to jabber about before we get into the news? No, no real football news yet. So I'm sure people are. No. Yeah, we'll get to. We'll get to that. For that yet, we'll get to that in a couple come, months, coming, folks. folks. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's okay. Come July and August, you know, you'll 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 be hearing plenty about it. No, let's segue to the news because I think uh, there's a lot there to talk is. about this week. Uh, some fun stuff to talk about for sure, uh, especially as it pertains to content, um, which is good because that's what we talk about. So let's open up with our first story here, which comes to us courtesy of the USA Today, which is might be a debut for that wonderful. No, uh, we've had them learned on institution. before. We've had two hundred seventy-six. <laughs> Five before this episodes, I'm sure we covered USA Today's article at least one time. It's possible. It is possible. In any event, the headline here is, it's an end of an era. Uh, American Airlines is retiring its in-flight magazine joining Delta and Southwest. And the article opens up by saying, in the first issue of American Airlines in-flight magazine, flight attendants were called stewardesses, and business travelers were pitched family fares offering half-price tickets for your wife. Uh, It was 1966, my birth year. Uh, The cover story in the latest issue of American Way, LGBTQ neighborhoods across the country. The changes in the seat back pocket staple reflect how times have changed in the past 50 years. But perhaps no sign of the times is more telling than this. The June issue of American Way will be the airline's last. American is ceasing publication of what it calls the industry's longest continually published in-flight magazine, joining Delta and Southwest, which stopped publishing their magazines during the pandemic and decided against bringing them back. American continued publishing during the pandemic, but added an antimicrobial process, which it touts on the upper right-hand corner of the cover of the magazine. Uh, the uh, Basically, it goes on, the article goes on, interestingly, I think, to sort of throw consumers under the bus here a little bit and basically says that, you know, it they're not that popular anymore. So we decided to get the best customer experience we're going to get. We're going to discontinue the magazine. What do you what do you make of this? I mean, we've talked about airline magazines in the very beginning, for those of you who might be new to the show as one of the classic uh, examples of content marketing um, that has, uh, you know, that that existed. Um, and now they seem to be going away. What up, you know, as, as the Saturday Night Live, what up with that, Joe? Yeah, it's, uh, I think this is a huge mistake. Uh, and I think it's a huge mistake for all the airlines. And, and it's not just American, right? During, um, I think it was April of last year, Southwest Airlines uh, discontinued their magazine. Delta stopped producing Sky Magazine. And I mean, I, I've been very involved with some of the people that have produced these publications. I remember you know, walking through the halls of, of Pace Communications years ago, and they produced Southwest Magazine, and they had five, five and a half million readers per month, and it was very profitable for both the airlines and the production houses, and that's when advertising was going crazy, and, and I think, all right, so what are they doing? They're moving all their communications to be uh, accessed through the internet, an internet device of some kind, so that you get movies and you might get some exclusive content or whatever. Or you get through the Wi-Fi. I mean, I totally get the reasons why they're doing this. The article you talk about goes on and says, you know, that American couldn't keep it financially feasible, and they'll cite environmental impact and whatever. But I just think that they're missing a huge opportunity. First of all, if it there. It doesn't have to necessarily. I mean, Arjun Basu, a good friend of ours, published an article recently on this, and he said it doesn't have to be a travel and leisure publication. It could be a lot of different things, but there, there you have someone's attention right there. There is a time when you're on there that you you pretty much can't access any of that other content. Could you really make this an amazing, remarkable, 
content experience, I think, especially when all the other airlines are getting rid of it, what if American would have said, look, we're going to go all in. We're going to create the best whatever experience for this audience we can possibly create and build um you know, build more loyalty or whatever the, or, or whatever you want to do, partner with advertisers. There's lots of different revenue models that you could create with this. I just think it's short-term thinking and I don't think people are using the data. I think they're using what they think is the data. That That's what yeah. I think it oh, is. That's a great, that's a great point. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I've talked about this many times on this show. If you talk to business-to-business publishers right now that have a magazine, they will tell you that their engagement in their magazine is as high as it's ever been. Because there's just frankly less competition. So in this That's case, right. you've pretty much got no competition for at least a portion of the flight. But even if that's a really good uh, experience that you can give somebody with insight into whatever it is they're going to do, what what a missed opportunity this is. So I, I would say, it's, especially when all the other airlines cut their magazine, I would say, American, you should absolutely double down and go all in. And if they can't find a monetization route for that and to have that kind of engagement that you would get on an airplane, then shame on them for not, for not actually taking the next step and figuring out how much engagement they were really getting before they cut ties on this thing. So that's my take. I know. I think it's, I think it's right on the money. Um, you know, I mean, I think that I, my favorite part of what you just said was um, uh, that it doesn't have to be a travel and uh, leisure magazine. It could have been. It could be a business magazine, and you know, and you know, and you know, make it only available in business class. Then, or it's a, it, it's a, you know, it's an enjoyable lifestyle magazine where it's got you know everything. It doesn't have to be. You know, so much of it is about. You know, they feature a city. You know, in each magazine. That's the way Southwest magazine yeah, always exactly. was. You know, you you open it up, and it was always about one city per issue, and they would, you know, the local restaurants and the local food and what to do in that city and all of that kind of thing, which was always sort of like I, odd to me the editorial strategy there, whereas American Way um, was a really interesting. I mean, there were. I mean, look, I, I will be the you're first an to American admit guy. That yeah, I would absolutely. I, I am a, an American flyer, have been for many, many, many years. And there are times when I would take that magazine off the airplane with me and read it in the hotel um, because the articles were good. It was the, the content was good. And I think it's such an important point to make that instead of exploring how they could make it better, they decided that it, they would make it, you know, dead. And, <laughs> you know, so good. It's such an easy it's such an easy decision to make because you know forever the the business model of this by the way is that this was a revenue generator for now I don't know the specifics of each of the individual airlines and how they constructed their deals but generally speaking this is not something that they were paying a big bucket of money for they 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 were basically you know You'd the, almost the magazine publisher Yes, that's right. The, the 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 magazine publisher, the Pace Communications of the world, they were the ones responsible for selling the ad space. They were the ones responsible for all of the costs of actually producing the magazine, and they would pay then American a bit of a fee to get into the seat pockets. That's the business model here, and then American would you know have the brand on the front front page. And I'm sure there were some mandatories like you got to have the airport layouts and you got to yeah. have this thing in there to make it useful and all that stuff. But that's the key to me is, is that, you know, and we said this when, when Delta and Southwest ended and we talked about it on the show, we said, why, you know, it, of all the things that you've got to deal with as an airline, why is this the one thing that you kill? What, what, what point are you trying to make here? And, you know, the whole thing about the, you know, antimicrobial and, you know, that that's always just such a big excuse to me. Um, I, I just don't understand it. I, I don't understand why this becomes such, uh, you know, why they're positioning this as such a big decision and why they are throwing the consumer. I, I know no one who went, 
get these damn magazines out of my face, you know? I mean, this is terrible. I, I, this, this is distracting this me. This is horrible. I want to be on my device to have more. these things in you, right? Yeah. I don't want a crossword puzzle that I'm going to rip out of the magazine and do and blah 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 blah. You know, I nobody was complaining about this. And I just don't see the business model being that onerous that they couldn't no, have that, continued it's, it. It's so anyway, not, don't to your point, it's and this is back more than 15 years ago, but when I was at Penton Media, we pitched on the Airtran uh, airlines deal and we were trying to do the magazine and we were down to the final two we did not get it we had no experience doing it but we really wanted this project and we thought um we could make a little bit of money off it and do something unique and the, to your point about doing something different we thought that everyone was following this lifestyle travel thing and we didn't think that was we think that we could diverge from that and we could reimagine what this experience was so we created the first so you'd be looking at it and the front half was all a business magazine. It was all like wall street journal reports. And then you flipped it over and the other side was your consumer lifestyle magazine. So you'd have something for everyone. And I thought, Hey, let's give that a try because you have business travelers and you have consumer travelers. You've got two groups of advertisers that would support either one. You know, the exact demographics and firmographics of your audience. We can sell that. It made perfect sense to me to do that. But of course, they hated it <laughs> so <laughs> because right. they wanted the That's big right. consumer lifestyle magazine but what what a perfect time especially after the pandemic that you could reimagine this and american could have come out the door and said we've we've done the, the we've done the research we've seen the data we know that our customers want a unique content experience and here's what we're going to give them introducing the new american way oh that would have been great oh no. yeah but now i mean it would have been fantastic so. yeah I mean, yeah, silly, 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 um, you know, and it's, it's, yeah, it's just. So, so I guess, I guess we're calling for one and I think the, the one to do it would be like a JetBlue or a Southwest Airlines to come out and say, we realize that there's an opportunity to provide a unique experience for our travelers. We are coming out with this. Right. And, and yeah, and by the way, this is not like a, a thing that you would need a lot of convincing on because we've talked about very recently on the show the number of innovative companies such as Lego and Amazon and Walmart that are reinvesting heavily in print right now, yep. but they're targeting it at, right. at the home. Well, here's the thing where you can target somebody, you don't have the postage, and they're right, it's right in front of you. Like you could, yes. you could display it multiple ways and boom, there it is just, and it's not even near as difficult as sending it through the mail. So I just, whatevs. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's such a, it's such, it, it's, it's, it's like one of those things that really makes you go, what? Because it, the, it seems like such a no brainer thing. Um, because here's the other thing, the, the, the argument that we're going to replace it with video is also silly because if I'm a, if I'm a marketer if I'm an advertiser, uh, no, I, no, I, you know. Well, no, no, no. Why? Why? Well, to, to, that's a that is a perfect point because what? So we're thinking. So let's say that you're, you're the chief marketing officer here, and you're thinking, oh wait, everybody wants to be on their devices, and so we're going to create a video experience. I remember when that first started, and they said, oh, we're launching, let's say, an American Way. We've got a, the American Way video series, and we're going to take these interviews and go and do these profiles in video, whatever. No, you have their undivided attention. You have no competition. Yeah. So what you're going to say, you're yes. going to move it to a device where you have competition? What? That's right. Well, and by the way, everybody I see in an airplane picks up the magazine in that 25 to 30 minutes when you're on final approach and you're not allowed to have your laptops out That's anymore, right? right? That's so there is everybody opens up that magazine to see what's going on. Uh, or on takeoff, right? Yeah. On, Either right. one. Or, or on tape, either you get, one. You get at least and 20 so, minutes, 30 minutes of time on every flight. That's right. People In, by the way, independent of how long your flight is. <laughs> you mm -hmm. know what I mean? It's like, um, and then here's the thing. On the video thing, I, I, I don't think I've ever, as I'm you know traversing up to the bathroom, seen anybody watching the channel that features all the original American airline programming that is all sponsored programming. Yeah. You know, I would much rather watch a Big Bang Theory episode for the 19th time than subject myself to the American Airlines video channel. 
Um, and so it's, ah, it's just, it's, you know, yeah. anyway, I get off on a rant here, but that's, so, but that's okay. it. I, right? I just, I have to, I know we're going to spend too much time on this, but just want to yeah. read this. So Dana L period, we're not going to say Dana's last name. Americans managing director of global brand marketing said airlines are eliminating magazines due to a large part of travelers changing tastes for in-flight entertainment. What? I so what? I mean, where is the data? Do do you have data right. that well, they're that's... not picking up the magazines? Do you have data that people do not want to engage in print? I'm seeing the opposite. I'm seeing a move a little bit of move away from people that want to not be engaged in a smartphone device or not look at a screen for a little bit of time during their day. This is that opportunity. You could be that thing. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I mean, I, well, it gets to your point of that they're looking at data, but they're looking at the wrong data. They're they're looking at the rise of the usage of portable devices to consume content as a proxy for saying that that means there must be a decline in yep. the usage of the magazine. They can't hold both of those opposing thoughts in their heads at the same time, it would feel. Well, the other thing, you mention this all the time, you are not necessarily the customer. You, you as the marketing team. That's true. That have very, very yep. different behaviors than the, than your customers that you're targeting. So, yep. There you go. This episode of This Old Marketing is sponsored by Marcom Gather. You know, there is nothing worse than wasting countless hours looking for digital files on your intranet, shared drive, desktop, cloud storage, or Excel files. The list goes on, right? Say goodbye to the days of overflowing, unorganized file storage, and hello to finding files with speed and clarity. Marcom Gather, your new favorite digital asset management solution, empowers your team to stay organized so you can get back to the parts of your job you enjoy. With Marcom Gather, you can quickly centralize assets, eliminate unorganized file storage, and best of all, never lose track of your files again. Experience Marcom Gather for free for 30 days at marcom.com slash T-O-M. That's for this old marketing. And make sure you go there because we want them to love us. Marcom.com slash T-O-M and get Marcom Gather free for 30 days. All right. All right. Moving on to our next story here because we've beat that one to death. Um, interesting new trend just sort of segueing into uh, or from what we actually just talked about. And this is going to come from The Hollywood Reporter. The headline here is streaming fatigue. Average number of services per user falls for the first time, says a study. The article opens up by saying, after the 2020 explosion of video on demand growth, we're seeing a cooling off of the market, partially driven by viewing habits, normalizing and industry consolidation. Uh, the average number of video streaming services utilized per US user has fallen for the first time, according to technology research Omdia. Uh, in a Tuesday report, it said the figure declined from 7.23 in November to 7.06 in April, which means it didn't change at all, but I'm not going to quibble with that data. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> all right. Uh, in the past, many have posited an ultimate limit to the number of services a consumer will be able to manage, Ambia highlighted. With U.S. growth stumbling, many will be asking if seven is the new ceiling for video streaming video services pay and free. Indeed, Wall Street and other analysts have often argued that streamers with deep pockets and big global subscriber numbers like Netflix and Disney Plus will be fine in an increasingly competitive space, but there should be a shakeout among smaller players. And the article goes on to talk through a little more uh, repetition of quotes saying the exact same thing. So what do you, uh, what do you say, Joe? Is this... Is this a real thing that we are are seeing here? Is a consolidation and a reduction in services, or is this just uh, a non a non issue? Well, I think that you have to remember that we saw what five years of growth in a year span. Yeah, from a, that's from right. Technology adoption to new players getting on the scene, and so let's just say that content creators got lucky. And I I want to I don't want to make sure that I'm not saying. I mean, the pandemic was horrible. But from a content creation standpoint, this is a boom. This was boom times. You probably saw more subscribers, more listens, more downloads than you've more page views than you ever had before because people were home on their devices more. So now you have people going back and normalizing, whatever that means, 
going back to, to routines that they had in the past and they're not on screens as much. This is when the work begins. This is when you have to go through and you actually have to deliver consistently over a long period of time. And what you had was you had a lot of people setting very unrealistic expectations, thinking that this is the new normal and the people are just going to be on their devices 24, 25 hours a day. And great, we can, we can monetize this like crazy. But no, actually, you have to deliver consistently over a long period of time. And what's going to happen, this is my little prediction here, and I'm I like saying predictions because I'm generally wrong and it's okay because I don't remember saying the predictions. But if you go for six to <laughs> so like the next six to nine months, let's say in six to nine months, you're going to see some of these people say, oh, it didn't work. Uh, you know, we, we're out of money or we, we had the wrong projections or whatever. And so there's going to be an opportunity for other platforms to buy each other. You're going to see some more mergers happen. You're going to see some content um, libraries up for sale. And the ones that consistently delivered through it are the ones that are going to be successful, knowing that you have to keep your expectations a little bit more realistic than they were in June of last year. That's my take. So... Yeah, oh, I think you're. I think you're right. I mean, I. You know, this is just. This is the. This is. It was inevitable. This was inevitable, in my view. Pandemic or no pandemic, this is consumers learning. You know, basically, this new thing called streaming services. You know, I mean, there's a there's plenty of jokes running around. Like everybody's going to have their plus service or their, you know, whatever whatever streaming service they're 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 launching. Um, you know, we in content marketing have known this for a long time. That uh, you know, launching yet another resource center, launching yet another community, yet another thing is not going to be good enough in a world where there is no shortage of these things, and. Over time, of course, what happens is the consumers learn. They learn how to, we as consumers learn how to manage these things in our life. Um, you know, so of course, there's going to be a leveling off as we try everything and then figure out that everything's not really for us. And we start, you know, we watched this happen with the web in the early days of the World Wide Web. I think the average number of websites that the user would go to was something like, 18, 19, 20 websites in a given month. And slowly but surely, that number fell and fell and fell until these days it's like four or something. Um, and that's just a natural, uh, that's just a natural evolution of the way that we consume media. We find our favorites, we filter out what we don't like. And what happens is, is in the very early days, we try a lot and we filter out a lot. And so there's a big jump and spike and then there's a big fall. And then it sort of gradually, you know, um, either inclines or declines from, from that point forward. So to me, this is not surprising. What is surprising actually to me is that it didn't change. You know, going from 7.23 and to 7.06 in ostensibly six months, you know, basically says to me, we kept all our subscriptions. Yeah, we you're kept, just you know, not going to see the massive this, growth. You, you've kept them. Right. We're, we're, we, we got the seven that we like, and we're going to keep the seven we like. What will be interesting is a year from now, when we, when we talk about this in you know, mid-June of 2022, what will the number be then, right? And then if it, if it goes down to, you know, I would, I would predict, if making predictions is the thing, that it, we'd see a, a decline from 7.06 to something like six or five. Um, by the end of by the middle of, of next year, because I think there's going to be I, I think we're still in the in the mode of, of shaking out some of the quote unquote also rands. And I also think that there's going to be even more consolidation. Oh, no, market. you're there's there's you're you know, dead on. I mean, yeah. look, so look what's happening right now with Substack, right? You had everyone, everyone start the all these journalists and writers. They started these Substack channels and then they realized, oh, well, we're we're getting a lot of free subscriptions, but we're not able to monetize. And so now they're putting uh, consortiums together. So they're sort of banding yeah. together, right? We saw that happen with, with cable. You had all these individual cable channels, and then they realized they couldn't make it work, and then economies of scale prove that, okay, now you've got some buyout opportunities, and then you've got groups. And so now you still have the same number of cable channels, but you only have like five owners. 
So, that's so right. maybe that's what happens, right? You you might have uh, what, what's the one you were talking about? CBS All Access. I don't know if it would happen to that one, but you've got Peacock and you've got eighty-seven other ones, and you'll see some consolidations on those, and maybe you'll have a Netflix buy some, and you'll have an Amazon buy some, and they'll be owned by four or five companies, but they'll you'll have seventy-two different over-the-top channels. I don't know or yep. services. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's I think that's exactly right. You know, and and so. I think we're just at the very beginning of this and, and, you know, it's only likely to get, you know, for us consumers, it is, there will always be sort of the, you know, the paradox of choice when it comes to all of the things that we have, uh, to, to watch and listen to, because the other thing is, you know, I was watching Showtime the other night and just because I was flipping around, there was nothing on. So I was flipping around on a Showtime and this, you know, it's basically a, a kid's show um, that was on, you know, 7 o'clock or something in, in the evening. I'd never heard of it, never seen it. It's apparently quite popular, um, this, this, this show, among a very, very niche audience. And so that can work in today's media environment where it wouldn't have worked in, you know, in, in, in years past. And so you don't need the huge... Uh, numbers in order to make business sense these days, and so you're always going to have a lot of choice. But that all the 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 number of companies or the number of central you know the centralization of this is going to continue to consolidate down into you know the owners of these things, so that they're basically capturing you know everyone yeah. right. They're capturing the, the the bigger audience. By the way, just a little side note. Uh, if you're a smaller content creator, this this will be a big opportunity in the next six to nine months because yeah, it's you, big news. You've got, yeah, you've got bigger media companies with a lot of budget. M and A is number one or two on the things that they're looking at for growth. A lot of it's not organic. A lot of it is acquisition. And if you have a small niche audience like you're talking about with your show, there's an opportunity for that to be purchased. So you make a list of those possible companies that could purchase you. And then build relationships with those people, do partnership deals, whatever the case is. And then if you have an exit plan, if that's part of your exit strategy, then you're ahead of the game if you do that kind of stuff. Because that's it's right. going to happen. And They're going, I mean, like we right. saw HubSpot uh, buy the hustle. Those deals are going on right now. A lot of these we don't even hear about. They're only going to accelerate. And by the way, on the opposite side of that, if you're in business and you're thinking about content marketing and you're thinking about whether we should build that new blog or build that new resource center or build that new digital magazine, well, guess what? You can go out and start to look and see if there's already someone in your space who's already built an audience and done that and acquire them for what is ostensibly, you know, hiring somebody. So, you know, both of those, both of those, um, th those things are going to start to meet very, very. But we've only been talking you know, about a, that for ten more. years, <laughs> right? Well, yeah. So exactly. I don't know if uh, I, I think I think some of the people we're talking to just can't can't hear that. We they, they just tune us out as soon as we start talking about acquisition because we all want all marketers they they want to create that new organic thing. They want to create yeah. it themselves. They don't want to say they have to go buy it. Well, they just feel like it's too hard, right? I mean, you know, and, and this is actually on us, perhaps, to write something up about how it's not that hard, right? We, you hear the word acquisition and you're in marketing and you're a marketing director or a marketing senior marketing manager, even a marketing VP or even CMO. And you hear the word acquisition and all of a sudden your head goes, oh, that means getting the CFO involved and that means really challenges and it means due diligence and it means hard things, the things that I don't understand. And it's like, there's some of that, but it's also not that difficult, right? I mean, look, you and I did it. <laughs> and if we, yeah. you know, if you and I can do it, anyone anybody can do, can do it. it. <laughs> you know, so, what's, what's that one show? Um, uh, Yan, Yan, or Yan can cook. If Yan can cook, right, you can cook. Yeah. If Joe and Robert there can do is. acquisitions, anyone can. Anybody <laughs> can do acquisitions. <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. All right. Speaking of uh, competitors, and speaking of uh, flattening the market, as it were, well. It is that time, ladies and gentlemen. We've been talking about it for months and months. Um, the competitors to Clubhouse have evolved and launched 
We're going to pair two stories together here. Uh, one from TheVerge.com, which uh, is announcing Spotify's clubhouse competitor called Green Room, which we talked about on the show a couple of months ago. Uh, and it opens up by saying Spotify's live audio app, Green Room, uh, launches today on iOS and Android, marking the company's first real attempt at creating a social media platform. The social audio app, which is similar to Clubhouse, allows users to host live conversations about sports, music, and culture. Today's launch doesn't come with a marquee creator announcement or specific event planned, but instead the company is taking the opportunity to encourage people to sign up and figure out how they'll want to use the app. Some of its core functionality, a person close to the situation says, will eventually make its way to the actual Spotify app, so the team will monitor what happens in Green Room very closely. The article then goes on to sort of describe a little bit more about it, um, but the article that we'll pair it with is, of course, from our friend Mark Zuckerberg, and uh, we'll link to an article in the information for this. Uh, Facebook is now previewing its Clubhouse competitor, and it opens with a Q&A with Gumroad's Sahil Lavingia. Uh, and that article opens up by saying, last week we wrote how Clubhouse was on a hiring spree that could help improve the quality of its audio and programming. The updates can't come soon enough. On Tuesday, Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg gave a tour of its clubhouse competitor, making Facebook the second large tech company after Twitter to come directly after the social audio startup market. Not sure if they saw the Spotify note, but anyway, <laughs> uh, the Facebook product still in beta and dubbed live audio rooms wasn't perfect. When Zuckerberg first took the virtual stage, his audio was echoing, and the My Facebook app initially didn't show who was speaking. But those kinks were quickly sent away, and before long, it was hard to distinguish between a clubhouse room or a Twitter space. Uh, and then that article goes on to uh, to describe more of that. So here we are, Joe. It's now the Wild West with social audio and social audio rooms. Is Clubhouse in trouble? Boy, you know what? That happened really fast. How... Clubhouse, so Clubhouse really took off in what December? Well, because the because the technology is ridiculous. The technology is so silly here. It's it, it's the technology is not differentiating. That's the whole thing. Yeah, here. it's just a feature. It was it, right. It's just a feature. But so it's but it's interesting. So if you, if you're going to look at what's going on right now, you'd probably say that you might lean with Spotify just because people are already doing that same activity. It's not that much different than when you're listening to a podcast. On, or a piece of music on Spotify, right? They're already doing it. They've got a huge podcast network. So you might think pod, that would be the way to go, to focus on that. But then if you look at Facebook, just can they do anything original now? I mean, I'm seriously asking the question. Do they have a group of people that when there's a like Clubhouse comes out, there's a new thing out there, they have a, peop, a group of people that say, duplicate that and bolt it on. Do they not? Are you dying? Are you, you know, okay? They, Are you, I, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. A, yeah, I, was, I, was, is, I tried to mute. I tried to mute myself, but it, uh, but it didn't. You work. did. You did mute uh, yourself. It sounded <laughs> like a cough. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> I, yeah. So, if I'm first of all, let's go back to Clubhouse for just one second. Clubhouse is doing fine. It added in a whole new uh, boat of Android users. It's got a nice little community. It's growing a little bit. It's not worth $4 billion, but it's going to be a thing. I don't think it's going away necessarily. Somebody will probably buy them for a billion plus dollars at some point. But you have you can do this on every platform. So I think it's wherever wherever the best content is or wherever your friends are already hanging out. Right? That's where you're going to go. Whatever you're used to. I think I think Clubhouse is the friendster of twenty twenty one. I really do. I think it continues to exist, but it exists in such a little, you know, niche that it will be very, very specific, a very, very specific. Well what's audience I'm typing there. this in. What's what's Clubhouse's growth right now? They have Oh, it's 10, gotta be it's gotta be very slower. Slow slow, I would think. Uh of late, of the of you know over the last you know I mean because look it's only been around since for you know well, a little yeah, over but, seven but months. Yeah, but from from January yeah. to May, it increased its uh, user base by five times. That's not bad. That's amazing. No, that's that that's a lot of hype, is what that is. I I I don't disagree with it. Right, that is a that is a successful launch. Um, but I what I would what I would like to see is the 
the user base expansion from January to February or January to March, and then I would like to see from April to June. I'll bet you it flattened. Quite no, it it it, it flattened, and then when they opened up Android, they they had another another boom. They added a couple million more people from the Android launch. Here, here's an interesting question. So, how many did they? How many iOS people did they add in December through February? Let's say uh, millions. Does, millions. Does it have that? Num- does I, it have I mean, that number? I have to go if you want me to go in. Well, it would be like the, it right, would be a lot, on. right? Let me, see, let me go into usage statistics from this thing. So we have to figure this thing out. Um, okay. <laughs> so here's uh, iOS only. November of 2020, they had 200,000 users. December, they okay. had yep. 600,000 users. January, yep. 2 million. February, 6 million. Yep. March, 10 million. Okay. There you go. From 6 to 10 million in basically four months. From no. Right? From, from nothing to 10 million. From zero to 10 million in, 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 in four, four months. months. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. And so they're not at 20 million now. They didn't double in the, in the next four months, right? No. And the percentage, the market share of Android versus iOS is Android dwarfs iOS in terms of the, the market share. So the fact that they didn't double tells me that they no. th- that they didn't. They did not attract the same percentage of Android users. They didn't, as they I don't have, have the May numbers. Out. They didn't open Android until May. They just opened it, and as as of May twenty fifth, there were people still trying to get in. They still had a wait list. I will bet you. I'll, I'll that, so I will bet that they did not. That they will not and did not do the same. In other words, they did not attract the same percentage, or even a, a, a you know a healthy percentage of the same percentage of uh android users as they did ios i think the i i think the android by the time they got to android android users went huh okay it's not that big a deal i think they got there i I think they got the core you know people who were clamoring and waiting and you know with you know the people who camp out for tickets you know all that kind of stuff they got those people but they did not build a demand for the more casual user. I, I don't know. They, here, I'm looking at an article here that in in uh, May, they added, in the last two weeks of May, they added 2 million Android users. Which is not what they did with iOS. No, it is. No, you it, would expect it, it, it to it, be. Yes, it is. It's at the same point. It's, it's much more. Do you, what, what are you expecting? No, that they're going to have 20 million Android users just out of the gate? If they if if it's the same percentage of iOS users, yes, it depends on what your yes, timing I is. Would you got a different timeline. That. If you look at so that that June, May and June of 2021 is like November and December of 2020 for iOS users. You gotta get. You All right. Can't, yeah. you, there, here's the thing. You, you gotta give don't it, you know. Gotta give it time. You think you, you know. That's correct. But you absolutely do not know. No, 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 no. I don't think I know. I know I don't know. That's that's yeah. I just I don't you know I don't think it's gonna. I I think this the news that we're talking about here is you know. And by the way, I I, I I'm I'm with you a little bit on Spotify. I'm I think Facebook. If they can work out the bugs here, to right. me, Facebook. Okay, last has thing this I'm going to say. Now this, I'm going through trip. all the articles because I'm going to because you are absolutely wrong. So from June one to <laughs> June one to June seventh, they added another two million users on Android. So now on June seventh, starting in mid May to June seventh, they they reached four million users on Android. Huh. it's starting to look not so bad, is it? Huh. We'll see. We'll see. That said, yeah, I don't like. We'll it. see. <laughs> I actually preferred Twitter Spaces myself, yeah. but I'm not. I mean, I, I'm more the. I'd like to record a podcast like we're doing right now and distribute it over multiple platforms and have it be good to go. But uh, whatever. What, what do we know? Do we have any bets on we this? Don't. Spotify's the winner. Yeah. Facebook is gonna. Uh, Facebook is gonna go God, down. In it's a tough. It's yeah. It's tough for me to call right now because you don't have the data and you're making it up. That's right. Why you can't call it. That's correct. <laughs> what else is new? I mean, I mean, yeah. Have you listened to me? Um, this show is not true. But yeah, we're, we don't cover real news. 
Yeah, right. We're just making this up as we go along. Um, Yeah. So I I think if I had to guess right now, I would say Facebook has the has certainly has the upper hand if they can if they can make it work because the audience is already there. Um, Twitter could also make it work. This could be a thing about Twitter, but. You know, did you did you listen to uh, Professor Galloway and his sort of rant on Twitter, um, which was I, fantastic. I only rant is that uh, he's was, been he's been railing against Jack Dorsey uh, as a part time oh, CEO with yes. good reason. Yeah, with good well, reason. He was, you know? It was a and good so, point because he was talking about all the amazing things that Square has been doing because Jack Dorsey is spending right. way more time on Square, and then all the haphazard things that that Twitter's been doing. I mean, we talked about it last week yeah. with with yeah. their amazing launch. Of Twitter blue, right? Blue. <laughs> exactly. Twitter poo. Twitter poo. <laughs> yeah. Twitter poo. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, all right. The final story that we're going to cover this uh, week is coming to us cour- courtesy of Netflix. Um, sort of a nice way to segue into all of the things that we were talking about today, because if everybody's getting into the media business, Netflix is taking a zag when everybody else is zigging. Um, and is offering up, that's right, merchandise. Uh, years ago, we talked about Netflix's foray into product development with their launch of a product development division, um, and they are now launching something at netflix.shop. Uh, the uh, story we'll cover comes to us courtesy of Axios, and it opens up by saying, after years of dominating video streaming, Netflix is eyeing new business lines that can help it stay ahead. They unveiled an online merchandise store, netflix.shop, that features products inspired by shows on its streaming platform. The store marks Netflix's first foray into commerce, something other entertainment giants like Disney and NBC Universal have long used to make more money and expand their content franchises. The tech giant is eyeing gaming, possibly with the launch of a suite of downloadable mobile games. And it's also pushing deeper into podcasts as a vehicle to promote its own shows, which we also talked about on the show. Um, the article goes on to talk a little bit more about the uh, the e-commerce side of things. I went and looked at the uh, Netflix.shop um, and was highly unimpressed. Um, how about you? Uh, it doesn't look like a shop. That's, that's, the, no. that's the problem. I don't know what I'm... It could be so amazing. It's almost like a blog. Like I don't. It it feels very experimental to me. Yeah, I, it I feels like know. this is like this feels like somebody went, "Hey, we got a thing. Go make a quick shop. Go hire a kid to go make a shop." And they they went awesome, and they got some cool photography, and they made it look like a Pinterest page, and they sort of said, "You can buy some T-shirts." I mean, it's it's not great. No, it's it's. <sighs> Just think of what they could do. I mean, I don't think there's a ne- necessarily a reason to reinvent how an internet shop works. I think you expect to go to the Netflix page, and I want to I want to see a thing that says Stranger Things, and I go to the Stranger and I, all the things that I'm a big fan of Stranger Things, and I want to buy some stuff, and then make the make the shopping process easy, right? Right. Or I want to do Queen's right. Gambit. We talked about it on this show how they should have been uh, creating uh, branded chess sets, and they they could have been selling all those. So I get to this site and I don't even know what I'm looking at. I'm looking at videos of brand creators and lit lands and yeah. And to be clear, there's like 20 products here. There's I mean in the entire store. So this is very experimental. You hit shop all. Yeah, I, it's I'm very not sure what they. But uh, what I expect them to do is look at. There's already been a company that has done this very well. It's Disney. Look at the Disney. Yeah, look exactly. at the Disney model. So Netflix. Why? So first of all, you got to ask yourself, why is Netflix doing this? Because they're topping out on growth. Where are they going to get their new growth from? Well, they can get their new growth from a lot of different areas. They could have the internet shop. They could have the merchandise there. They could actually have. I w- I could see something at um, you know outside Universal Studios or around Disney World where you have the Netflix store, just like an Apple store. You could do this. You're you're creating a new experience around loyalty and around some of these amazing brands that they could take to the next level. And I don't know if they're thinking that big, but yeah, they should be. Well, I, th- I think you're exactly. I mean, it goes right back to the beginning of the show when we talked about American Airlines, right? 
you know, which is you had every opportunity, you know, Netflix has every opportunity to, to reinvent. And by the way, they might be right. This might, this might, you know, they didn't make a big deal out of this. I don't think, um, you know, I don't know if they, they, you know, I don't know if there's a big press release around this or, you know, I, oh, well, there is actually, they, they actually put out a big news release on this Netflix.shop, a new way for fans to connect with their favorite stories. But really? I don't even, what, okay. what stories are these? They, they, these are yeah, the stories I mean, that aren't very I popular. Don't, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Like I, I, all these brands that are on here, first of all, they're they're targeting my uh, kids, kids my son's age. It looks like you're, you're right. targeting. Yes. all these pictures are Gen Z folks. Yes, when very the one people so. with all the money, and cool are by the way, and very cool and Queen's super Gambit. cool. Yeah, right. I don't. Whatever. I feel yeah. like I'm railing a lot yeah. in this episode. Get off yeah, my I yard. Feel like I'm railing a lot. <laughs> I just feel like this is, and maybe it's just experimental. I hope it is. Well, clearly it's experimental. I mean, there is they did not go all in on this. They did not spend a lot of money on this. Let's hope they didn't spend a lot of money on this. I mean, this is not. Yeah, it's it's not it, it's not all that. Go Let's big put it that way. Go go big. big is exactly right. You're Netflix for crying out loud. Oh my gosh, they could create uh, the. I mean, they should be thinking. I don't even know if this is possible, but they theme park. Yes, they should be. Th- yeah. They should be thinking. All about all the other experiences that they can imagine. The Stranger Things theme park. I can imagine it. It'd I mean, pretty amazing. It's awesome. They yeah. could do the same thing. They could the from the merchandising standpoint. I mean, the the amount of brands that they have now is just yeah, incredible. Exactly. That people. I would probably pay. I love Stranger Things. I'd probably pay for one of the the, the trucker hat the kid had. Oh yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Whatever. This is. Or the the figurines of the of the flare and uh, so many things. Yeah, awesome, cool yeah. stuff. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for your favorite part of the show, which is our rants and raves section, where Joe and I go off on a little bit of a rant or a little bit of a rave over something that makes us feel like we've just gotten out of a meeting with Vladimir Putin, um, or that we've just gotten out of a meeting with Vladimir Putin. Uh, and so, uh, you want me to go first? Uh, mine's go quick. Ahead. Mine's quick too. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You go first. Mine's a rant for sure. Uh, The article I'm going to link to in the show notes here is from the information. uh, And the headline is why everyone's excited about Lincoln bio startups. Um, Spoiler alert. No, we're not excited about Lincoln and everybody is not excited about this. Um, If you don't know what I'm talking about, the article will explain it to you. And it's basically saying uh, that the, uh, Startups known as LinkedIn Bio, LinkedIn Bio services have made regular appearances um, from trying to raise venture money to trying to launch new services. Uh, basically, what it is is that in many of the social media applications, very much like Instagram or Clubhouse, you can only have one link in your bio. And so these services, I'm not even kidding you. The whole reason that these services now exist is so that you can actually create one link to f- conform with the social media limitations, which will then take you to a landing page where you can have multiple links. So multiple links to your little store, to your videos, or to your LinkedIn profile, or whatever you want to do. And there are many of these. There's LinkedIn.bio, there's Smart.bio, there's TapLink, there's Beacons. Um, They've raised $6 million seed round from Andreessen Horowitz, proving that Andreessen Horowitz has way more money in their pockets than they know what the hell to do with. Uh, This, this to me, is really a sign that this is like a, a canary in the coal mine to me, that we are in exuberance territory. We are in over-exuberance territory in terms of the dot-com sort of overspending and over-investing in silly things. Because... This is not only a set of startups that their only function is to create a landing page off of the deficiency of a, the way that the user interface in a social media. This is inherently an entire business model built upon a bug in a rented land. <laughs> you know, it's not only you're building your platform on rented land. This is building your platform on the hope that they're never going to fix a feature in their platform. It's it boggles my mind how ridiculous this silly is, and I, I look I can't blame the CEOs and founders of these companies 
they're they're trying to make a fast buck, uh, you know, and I get it. This is a hustle, right? They're hustling up and they're saying, hey, listen, we can introduce ridiculously silly, simple technology. People are going to give us money for it. And, you know, and I went and visited a couple of these things. It's like 12 bucks a month. It's 120 bucks a, a year to have something that will build you a little landing page um, and provide you the ability to have multiple links. Why don't you just, I, do, I mean, there's a lot of services that are free that you could use to just build one page. Oh, Why don't you just do that? Yeah. I mean, I mean so much. Yeah. I, it, 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 again, it boggles my mind about, you know, this is, this is absolutely a solution looking for a problem. There, there just isn't an issue here. There just isn't something to solve here. And yet they got money. They're getting venture money. And this is, it's crazy to me that they're getting venture money for this, but there you go. I'm, you know, it, it, uh, yeah, it's probably uh, end worth end of rant. Andreessen Horowitz throwing a flyer at it. You're right. They've they've got a ton of money. They can do whatever they want. So they're like six million dollars to them. What's is that like? A nickel for us? I don't know. It's not that much. Could do it. Yeah, so good for them. They, they, there's a there's there's a startup that 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 in 2016 has raised 45 million dollars. So I'm. Uh, they've got 15 million. I'm users. definitely signing up. After that raving endorsement, I, you know, part of me is just frustrated that I didn't think about <laughs> this. this right? So good. That we I should have done this. That I didn't just launch, just launch a landing page creator and call it, you know, a link in bio startup. By I the just, way, you know, something to be said uh, about branding on that one, because if you just said landing oh. page, but you call it link in bio, yeah, because that's oh, yeah, what it is. Of course, and yeah. Another thing about branding: it, when you yeah. call it what it is, you save a lot of money on branding because people know exactly yes, what that's it is. Right. It's link in bio. Woo. Wonderful. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I'm going to launch. I'm going to pay twice the amount for mine because I want the premium <laughs> version right. of that. I want two landing pages. Okay, whatever. Yeah, that's No, right. thank you for letting me know. I've seen it around, but I haven't really looked at it as closely as you just discussed it. Um, my little... And by the way, my two hours spent, not even two hours, the, the 30 minutes that I spent looking at this is totally 30 minutes I want back in my life. I, you know... I, well, yeah. just like that nobody will get back the hour that they had to listen to us today. So there you, there you go. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> there you go. Um, mine's yeah. really quick. Listen at your own yeah, peril. Mine's really quick. Uh, it's it's more of a commentary and a concern about this whole creator economy thing. I've been railing on this for a while. This article's from Axios again. Our friend Sarah Fisher at uh, the Media Trends version of Axios says, Big Tech Moves In on Creator Wars. And it talks basically Sarah talks about how Google, Facebook, Twitter, the other big platforms are all in on the creator economy, moving away from you know the attention economy and advertising and focusing on big businesses. Now they're all about seducing creators in. They're all creating these creator funds. And my first of all, I, I like that there's more revenue opportunities for these creators. I like the Google and Facebook and Twitter, and we've talked about it on the show and other shows. They've all got these creator funds and they're doing this thing. Fine. I like that there's more opportunities for creators to monetize their content. I'm very concerned at what's going to happen over the next year where you have creators that are going to go all in on these platforms. And you mentioned it before, just about yeah. rented land. And when they're going to go all in on these new platforms, they're going to get partially funded. They're going to be seduced in. So they're going to basically set out the cheese. We're the mice. And they're going to put it on the trap. But they're not going to set it, set the trap yet till you get hooked, till you start getting your followers. And then as soon as you do, bam, they're going to change the rules on you. Because and why do we know this? Because they've done it every time. And first of all, they don't care about you. They don't care about creators. They care about making a buck, and they fear that f feel that that's where the money's going right now. So I just wanted to say that because I've never seen so much focus in one area over a short period of time by these big tech companies around the creator economy than I have uh, over anything that's ever happened in media that I've seen. And I'm I'm really really concerned for creators. So if you're a creator, just there's nothing wrong with trying it. Just be careful and to know that if you put all your eggs in that basket, you are completely losing control of your business model. So just just don't do it. Yep. Just yep. say no. Same. That's the same. Do a Nancy yep. Reagan. That's the same in. That's the same in business as well, and for content marketing, right? It's just be you know be very very careful. I've got clients now that are 
that are, you know, that are struggling, quite frankly, because they put so much emphasis on social media that they've got quite a good following there and not any subscribers to their stuff. And now that social media is starting to wane and, and the organic reach is non-existent, they're really struggling with, you know, getting engagement with audiences. And, you know, and it's because they put so much effort into their rented land that they neglected their owned media properties for so long. It's a, it's a shame. And, and what's more of a shame yeah. is, is that marketers didn't see it coming. When we, when we knew, yeah. when we yeah. knew all along that this was the plan. So That's right. shame on us. Boo. Yeah. Well, uh, what do you got? What do you got this week? You, do you got any big yeah, plans all this of, week? Well, or? what I'm doing right now is I'm, I'm actually in the middle of signing up for, for Lincoln, that Lincoln thing. <laughs> oh, good. There you <laughs> go. All I'm gonna, good for you. All I'm going to yeah, do. Yeah. No, I mean, we've got some family, family things we're doing uh, this weekend. It's supposed to be beautiful weather in cleveland so we're, yeah. i'm gonna try to enjoy that as much as possible how about you sir uh not much just busy heads down working on clients uh suffering through the heat here in southern california but you know it's summertime there we go so get a little time in the pool and you know keep keep on pushing through it's all you can do man it's all you can do through it's all you can do all right. all right, ladies and gentlemen, we're signing off. If you want to get all the goodness of this podcast show notes, all those wonderful links we signed up for, including, by the way, all that LinkedIn bio stuff, you know, go check it out. Just see if I'm an idiot. Uh, or you want to dive into any of the other 275 episodes of our wonderful show, get on over to thisoldmarketing.site. That's our website. That's our little home for this show on the web. We want to thank the good folks at Radix for powering our .site domain. If you want your own .site domain, get over to Radix get yourself a dot site domain it's fun it's fun um and until we meet again remember it's your story to tell tell it well we'll see you next week on this old marketing